welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Father, thank you for what you're going to do today. I announce, everybody lift up your hands, June is Axis Month. No matter what's happened, January, February, March, April, and May, June is here, and just like the world turns on an invisible axis, I declare and I speak over this church. I declare and I speak over everyone who's watching on any kind of digital media right now that June is the month where everything begins to turn in your favor. I declare and I speak that June is Miracle Month and that miracles are coming to your house, miracles are coming to your business, miracles are coming in your finances. In the name of Jesus, if you agree with me, say amen. That's how we're starting today. Come on, give God a big hand. Before you're seated, I want to give some honor where honor is due. I had the great, one of the greatest privileges of my life this, these last few days because this was a conference that uh, I went to not to speak, but this was a conference where there was T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, uh, Levi Lesko, and Sheila Craft. And Sheila spoke at this conference and did such a great job, and I was on the front row cheering for her. I want y'all to give the mother of the house a big hand. It was amazing. It was amazing. So God's doing some great, great things, and uh, we're glad that you're here. This is, this is a very special day because today miracles are going to happen. Miracles are going to happen. So I want you to get ready for that. Look at somebody and say, miracles happen here, and they're going to happen for you. Come on, tell somebody that. Then you may be seated. Such an honor to have you. And if you're new with us, whether you are in the building or watching on one of the digital, how do you say it, Josh? Digital what? Social digital platforms. Uh, Interestingly enough, Pastor Sheila and I met um, a woman this week who... Uh, is a leader at Facebook, and she invited me to be a part of a roundtable because Mark Zuckerberg, just in their most recent meeting at Facebook with the head people at Facebook, said this, the largest community on Facebook are faith-based people. So some things are going to change at Facebook. So I was invited to a meeting on June 24th at the Facebook headquarters. I'm not going to be able to go because Sheila and I are going to be on a cruise. But I'll come another time. But I told her, I said, I'll be there at the next one. And I'm just telling you, God is doing something when when the business leaders of today's world are acknowledging that that in, in, in his statement, part of what he was saying was the whole the whole idea behind Facebook was to connect people. 
and people who are faith-based are connecting more than any other people uh, on Facebook. And so I just thought that was amazing. I thought that was amazing. So we're very much a part of that. Thank you for watching on Facebook, those of you that are watching on Facebook. And uh, again, other social, digital, social media platforms. All right. Well, I want to talk to you about miracles, but I don't just want to talk about miracles. Miracles are going to happen. And um, our scripture in this year of supernatural, by the way, thank you for giving over and above. And if you didn't, I really want to challenge you to do that because we're sending offerings. We already have, but we're sending offerings to, to Oklahoma, as Josh mentioned. And, um, and we're going to be helping uh, in, this, these, in, in this time where people are suffering and facing uh, different dynamics. And the people that you see standing, they're holding $1,500 checks for people that want them. And so some of you have never been here before. That's what those people are. They're walking around with what's in their hands is a $1,500 check. If you'd like one, just raise your hand and they'll, anyway. Uh, actually, it's worth way more than $1,500. It's, uh, it's notes that you're going to take today and God's going to speak to you. So uh, but our scripture in this year of supernatural is Ephesians 3.20, and we're going to say it together, and it's going to be put on the big screens. Our screens were broken in the first service, and there was a miracle. They got healed. Now to him, say it, come on, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. And everybody said, come on, amen and amen. What is a miracle? Some people believe in miracles. Some people don't believe in miracles, but miracles are real, and you're about to see that. It is the supernatural invasion of God into your natural circumstances. How many of you wouldn't mind if God just supernaturally invaded every part of your natural life? It literally means an event or effect contrary to the established constitution or course of things. It's a supernatural wonder that makes the natural wonderful. You see, oftentimes the things that we see, the things that are in the natural are not so wonderful. In fact, they're, they're awful at times. And the devil's goal is to take your awe away so that you don't think your life is awesome, but that you use the word awe to describe awful. And part of the reason that some of you need a miracle today is you need to understand this, is that if there was no Goliath, you would have never heard about David. If there was no walls of Jericho, you would have never heard about Joshua. Some of you are facing giant things in your life today, and you need an intervention by God. And I'm just telling you, you are with the right people in the right place at the right time, and I believe God's going to do miracles. We started this year talking about the supernatural. This is our year for the supernatural. And I'm still working through this, and I want to say to McKinney, we love McKinney, and let's give, let's give our McKinney family, it's, we're one family, a big hand. And I'm still processing this, deciding what I'm going to do. But one thing's for sure, this summer when I do take a sabbatical, one of, one of the parts of my sabbatical, rather than just rest, is I'm going to speak in McKinney. So McKinney, I'm coming. I'm going to speak. And we're going to have 
we're going to have supernatural things that happen. And I haven't decided exactly what's going to happen, but I just, I just really feel in my heart that I'm supposed to do that. And so uh, I don't know what all God's up to. I just know God is up to bringing us up to what he's up to. So that's, that's what's going to happen. But anyway, miracles happen when, I, when we launched this year and, and we, we, we launched the Supernatural Series, which, by the way, will be in all year. This is miracles are a part of that Supernatural Series. I just want you to see one of many things that you're going to see in weeks to come that God did. Watch this. Let me, let me just tell you something. God has unlocked something over our church. Let me say it again. God's unlocked something over our church. You just watch. There's going to be documented healings. You just watch. People are going to come from all over. You just watch this year as God begins to move and as we begin to groove in him. God's going to do exceedingly, come on, abundantly above all we could ask or think. When the Supernatural series started, Pastor Keith was just being so obedient to the Holy Spirit, right? He was just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. And then one of the things I felt like that this church is not about being black, it's not about being white or, or Latina or Asian, um, that this church is built to be one of the largest multicultural churches in the nation. The Supernatural series is able to supersede color and is able to supersede culture and is able to supersede where I'm from. I was made aware that my dad was, um, had, had just had what we thought was a stroke and several seizures. So the hospital did uh, a few MRIs and found out that he had um, masses on his, on his brain. The only concern that I had was that daddy didn't believe in Jesus. I needed to have a little chit chat with my dad and help him to understand that Jesus is real. He's the healer and uh, he's the conduit of the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of this is all in one and he's got to figure this out because he might not make it in a few hours. And we prayed and he's like, baby, whatever you say, okay, let's just do your prayer. This is two hours before surgery. You know, with God's, God's blessings, he came out of surgery immediately, um, opening his eyes and speaking. Just days later, we get a call from my dad and daddy said it was stage four cancer on his brain and there's and it's incurable. I didn't know how to respond. I reached out to my dad with just some scriptures about uh, healing. And the interesting thing is for someone that has never been, my dad has never been in church ever. He was able to see and understand Christ and God and this Holy Spirit through love and through my love and through my constant concern and love. He texted me back and said, I get it, baby. And the fact that he's able to truly accept Christ into his life through the power of love, that was a miracle to me. The Holy Spirit has just been tapping me on my shoulder, just like, hey, you believe me to take care of you. You believe that your business is gonna be great. You believe that your kids are gonna be great. You believe that your life is gonna be great, but you don't believe that I can heal your dad. 
I go back to Pastor Keith, just like, there's a healing miracle. There's a healing miracle. He's going to do it for your family. He's not just going to do it with healing in physical bodies, but he's going to heal your finances. He's going to heal your heart. He's going to heal your hurt. Okay, I'm going to try this thing out because I've seen it. I've heard it. I've been a part of it for weeks now. All right, I'm going to give it a shot. And my daddy's not here. He's in Chicago. So it's, it's, I'm here praying for him. Can it happen from here to there? My dad had text, so I texted him, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, I have a unique gene in my body that's gonna uh, keep me alive for 10 more years because of this miracle gene that my daddy was born with, right? He's already made us perfect. He's already made us fighters. He created my daddy to be a fighter in the beginning, before he had to fight. It was a sudden change. A sudden change. To go from despair to miracle. It's a sudden change that can't be, you can't put words to how do you go from expecting death to expecting life in an instant. But that's God. God has revealed to me His power. I've been blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed by God's power every day. And I want to testify that God is real. And you better believe it. And the more real you know He is, the more blessings you will receive. And I see Him every single day. And I believe in the power of God. The Bible says in Revelations, the first chapter, that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how the book starts. Whom God showed and gave to Jesus to show his servants. And then it says something very interesting. To Jesus Christ, the firstborn among the dead. The firstborn among the dead. In other words, what gave Jesus Christ the ability to say what he had said and then prove it was he asked his own disciples, who do you say that I am? They said, well, some say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, yeah, but, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He didn't just say Jesus, because there were a lot of people named Jesus in that day. He said, you are the Christ. You are the one that makes the impossible possible. You're the one who makes rain when there's a drought. You're the one who brought the the water from the rock because you are a rock with the children of Israel in the desert. 
You're the one who makes a way in the wilderness. You're the one who was the rock that was behind or in the sling that David released and killed a giant named Goliath. You were the one who went before the children of Israel that when they faced an insurmountable wall called Jericho and yet their promise was on the other side. That as the people begin to worship, as they begin to declare who God was and then they shouted, those walls came tumbling down. You see, all these stories in this book are to tell us He's the God of miracles. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we don't just come to church to feel better. and We don't just come to church to hear a little cute message. But we come to church because here's what He says. If you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. He went on to say to His disciples, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church. And by the way, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. In other words, you can't be stopped. You can't be stopped because you're God's sons and daughters because God can't be stopped. And he calls us his church. And then he said, oh, and by the way, I'm gonna give you the keys of the kingdom so that whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. I'm just waiting for some people to bind it on earth. And what you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. So I'm about to pray and here's what's gonna happen. I'm using a key that God has given us. Here's what Jesus said. If you ask and believe in my name, you'll receive. Here's what Jesus said. If any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, my Father in heaven will do it. Did you hear what Saki said? She said, I listened to the message, but my daddy's in Chicago. I'm in Dallas. Here's what she said, but I'm gonna try this thing. I'm gonna try this thing. You know what you're doing standing right here? You're trying this thing. And God's saying, I'm looking for some people that'll try me and prove me that I am God and believe enough, believe enough that just as an act of faith, they move from where they are to say, I believe in you. So I'm about to use a key. He's given us the keys of the kingdom that if any two of you will agree is touching anything, my Father in heaven will do it. So I'm gonna ask you, will you agree with me as I pray? Come on church, will you agree with me as I pray? I'm gonna ask you that as we pray, no matter what you think in your mind, every person that's down here in the name of Jesus, I prophesied it at the beginning of this service. June is access month. June, everything turns into your favor. June is miracle month in the name of Jesus. So right now we join our faith. We come into agreement. God, we thank you for the key of worship. We thank you for the key of prayer. And we come before you, before your throne. And God, you're waiting for people. Your word said, in fact, Jeremiah said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. 
So God, today we declare not only that you are God, but you're the God of miracles. You're the God of the impossible. And in the name of Jesus, whether it's a physical healing, whether it's a financial need, no matter what the need is, I thank you that this is our year of the supernatural. And God, you're gonna open the windows of heaven and you're super, it's coming now into every person's natural. Father, I release the power of the Holy Spirit in every person's life to shift their life from the natural into the supernatural. We declare miracles. And everybody that agrees with that, say amen. Come on, say amen, say amen, say amen. One last thing. The Father of our faith spoke those things that were not as though they were. I want you to speak to that thing. I want you to speak to the area where you need a miracle. And I want you to say, it is done in the name of Jesus. You speak it out, you speak it out, whatever it is. So I declare the sickness is over. I declare the battle is over. I declare in the name of Jesus, you speak to that thing. You speak to that thing. Arby, say this with me. On the count of three, I want you to say, it is done. One, two, three, it is done. It is done. Amen. Love some people as you go back to your seat. I'm going to preach to you for about 15 minutes. Come on. I got a word in my heart for you. Let's give Jesus another big hand. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How many of y'all glad you came to church? Come on. I'm not going to go long. I do have a word in my heart for you. And I want to give this to you. I really debated about how much to say because I knew last night that the Holy Spirit was leading me this direction. And so I'm just telling you, everything changes today. Come on, somebody put an amen on that. Everything changes today. So, so while you're going back to your seat, I want to talk to you about something that God gave me as a path. And if you've been around our church for any amount of time, you know that God uses me to give people handles. And one of the things that I talk about is think, be, do. And the reason I talk about that so much is because how we think will determine how we be and how we be will, determines, will determine what we do. So our think, be, do is very important. And I call that basically a philosophy because all of us have a philosophy. We have, we have a philosophy of life and we don't know it. We have a way of thinking. We have a way of being. We have a way of doing marriage. We have a way of thinking. We have a way of being. We have a way of doing family. We have a way of thinking, being, and doing business. We have a way of thinking, being, and doing as it relates to money. But I want to talk about think, be, do as it relates to miracles. Because I've already announced it. I announced it in the first week of this year. Miracles are going to be the norm around here. I said miracles are going to be the norm around here. And God's going to use you to make miracles happen for other people. Because I've said this over and over, but I want to say it again over and over. That whatever God does for you, he didn't just do it for you so you could say, here's what God did for me. Whatever he's done for you, he wants you to do for other people. So that's part, of the, that's part of the dynamic of what God wants us to really get as it, as it relates to revelation of the Word of God. God wants us to change. He wants us to transform, to be transformed by how? The renewing of what? 
our mind, how we think. And why does he want us to do that? Because he wants us to bear fruit so that other people can see the glory of God. The Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and they glorify God. So I want to just talk to you just real quick. And I, and I mean that. It's going to be real quick. And that is about your think, your be, and your do. I don't want to tell you how to think. I'll, I'll be in Alabama this week. I'll be in Georgia this week. I'll be in Texas this week doing six different masterminds with now about 140 plus people. Uh, small business owners, large business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs. If you're ever interested in that, contact us. And we can tell you how to, how to be involved if we've got room. But the reality is this, is that, that I, don't wanna, I don't ever want to tell people what to think or even how to think. I want to help them think better about what they're thinking about. So that's not what church is not about is like wanting you to think the way I think or the way somebody else thinks. God wants you to think like him. And you have unlimited potential based on that. The more I think about, the more I think like God, then the more that I'll not only get from God what God has for me, but the more I'll be able to operate like God in the earth. Amen? So, so think me do. Let me just talk to you just for a second. First of all, I, want to, I just want to talk about think possibility. Think possibility. We're introduced in Scripture to possibility thinking, not positive thinking, even though there's nothing wrong with positive thinking, but possibility thinking and when, when Jesus' birth is announced. When, when the angel of the Lord in Luke, the first chapter, comes to a virgin, Mary, and he says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Uh, he's just spoken something over her life to elevate her own thinking. And then he goes on to say this, don't be afraid because you're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and, and his name is going to be called Jesus and he'll be great. He'll be the son of the most high God. And Mary said to the angel, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? So I don't, I don't know how to think about what you're saying because I don't understand what it is that you're saying. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, so, so, so she's going, how, like, how is this going to happen? Like, you know, if you've ever gotten a word from God, and if you come to this church, you're going to get words from God. Put an amen on that. But if you've ever gotten a word from God, you're like, how's that going to happen? Or if you've ever had a dream, how's that going to happen? By the way, any dream that you have, any dream that you have, is possible as long as you think it's possible. So any dream that you have is possible. Now, the goal is for us to think like God enough so that we're dreaming his dream. But any dream that you have or anything that's on the inside of you is possible. So, so Mary, she's going, like, how is this possible? Because the natural order of things is that I've never known a man. And then the angel says something that I want you to really get today. Here's what the angel said. Some of you know, with God. Now, now say that like you mean it. With God. Then why do we look at things and we think it's impossible? 
So, so the birth, the announcing of the birth of Jesus was to get a thought process of possibility, to think, hey, here's what's not probable, here's not just a positive thought, but here is, here is a possible, here, here is what is possible. Now, one of the things that I teach is that basically in all of our lives, there is past, present, and future, okay? So everybody gets that, right? So all of you have a past, all of you have a present, and as of, as of right now, you have a future, one, two, three, four, five. Futurists tell us that the future happens every five seconds. So you've got about five seconds to decide what's gonna happen in your future. Now, some people, because they're not focused on the future, they miss out on five-second increments for things shifting in their favor because they're still focused on the past. And they're focused on what hasn't been or they're focused on what's happening in the present so they never get a clear picture of the future and they don't understand how quickly things can shift from the past, present, and future because it's really true. The future happens every five seconds. But too often times people are bringing their past and they're bringing their present into their future. And so the future that is possible never happens because of their focus. I don't know how this can happen. And then she goes on to say this, after the angel says, with God, come on, finish it, all things are possible. Then she says, let it be according to your word. So today, if you needed a miracle, so be it according to the word of God. Come on, come on, in Jesus' name. So I wanna just, I wanna just give you something real quick here, and it is gonna be quick. It's like to think possibility, how, how do you think possibility? You think, first of all, and it's in your notes there, with God, nothing is impossible. So, so you think with, how do I, so to think possible is to think with, it's not to think what, See, too often times we're thinking what, but we're not thinking with. See, the Bible doesn't say uh, to think about what, even though it does say all things are possible, but, but with God, all things are possible. So, so God, you're with me in this impossible situation. God, you're with me. So that means if you're with me and I'm with you, all things are possible. Not like, well, is this going to happen? Is that possible with God? So everybody say, think with. But then here's the second way to think, to think through God. I can do all things, finish it if you know it. Wait, stop right there. I, I can do all things through Christ. Wow. So I've got to think with God, all things are possible. Now, all I'm doing is I'm saying the word. I've got to think through God, I can do all things that I decide. So again, this is how we think possible because so many people struggle with their thinking because they're not thinking with God. All things are possible. They're thinking with that person, it's impossible. Y'all with me? Like this is an impossible situation. I can't be with this person. With God, you can. It's not about being with them, it's about being with him that makes with them work. So most people are focused on them and not him. They're focused on their, their client. They're focused on the person that's suing them. They're focused on the impossible situation. It doesn't say with them all things are possible. It's with God. Come on, y'all, are you getting this? So then, now, 
I've got to think through Christ, okay? So everything that I do, I can do all things that I decide to do through Christ who is my strength. But then to think possibility, it's also to think in me. Think in. So think with, everybody say think with. With who? With God, things are, all things are possible. Just remember that. Not with that person. Not in that situation. With God, all things are possible. And then think through God or through Christ, I can do what I decide to do if I do it through Christ. But then think in me. Think in. In me. Why? Because greater is he, come on, help me if you know it, that's in me. Are y'all getting this? So I've got to think that way. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Most High God. That was a man by the name of David who was about 17 facing a giant that everybody else was running from and he was running to. Why? Because he was with God, so all things are possible. He was doing what he was doing through God so he could do what he was deciding to do. And then, hey, by the way, you come to me with your sword and with your shield and all those things on the outside, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So everybody say, think with, think through, think in, and then think for. What does that mean? Think for me. So the last two things, think in me, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And then if God be, who can be against me? How do you think possibility? I just gave it to you. I think with God, all things, not with them. So what does that mean? Let me say it a different way. With them, because I'm with God, all things are possible. But just with them, it ain't going to happen. And that includes everybody in your life. That includes everybody in your life. So even if they're not with God, you're with God. So God can make it work with them because you're with God. Just remember that. Doesn't matter who they're with, it's who you're with. How can this be? I do not know a man. Listen, if a girl can get pregnant by God, God says, I can do anything I want. And by the way, that's how I started this whole thing. By, by bringing a supernatural invasion to the natural order of things. All right. So that's the think part. You got it in your notes. Here's the B part. Be a believer. John, the fifth chapter, famous story. By the way, this is the first public miracle Jesus did. You know, the first recorded miracle Jesus did was in John, the second chapter. It was at the, it was at, at the marriage feast. And uh, boy, there's a whole story with that. But the bottom line is, is that wasn't a public miracle. That was a private miracle. Only the servants knew about it. Nobody else knew how the water got turned into wine. Only the servants knew. Nobody knew. So Jesus' first public miracle, he was at a place called the Pool of Siloam or the Pool of Bethesda. And by the way, there were five pools or five porches. Five in scripture is grace, and it means the power of God to do things God's way. 
So again, everything points to Jesus, who the Bible says in John 1:17, he came in grace and truth. So he came in the power of God to do things God's way, and he came in truth, and the truth will set you free. So, so you know the story. The Bible says that there was a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. He had been paralyzed for 38 years. And so Jesus comes to him, and it was here, here was the belief. The belief is that the angel would stir the water, stir the pool, and the first person in got healed. Well, isn't that amazing? Because they believe that the first person got healed, but the second person didn't. Because the belief was the first person in the water got healed. You see, whatever you believe is what you believe. If you believe it's possible, you're right. If you believe it's not possible, you're right. So here was the belief that the first person in the pool was healed. Here was a guy who'd been paralyzed for 38 years. Jesus, when he sees him, doesn't go, hey, brother, I love you. Thank you, but I don't care that you love me. I just want to be healed. He didn't say that. He didn't say, let me help you in the water. Here's what he asked him. Do you want to get well? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> Do you want to get well? I'm going to say something to you with all due respect, so hear my heart on this. After my father had a heart attack, the doctor said he needed to incorporate cardio into his life. He'd never done a cardio any day of his life. So I, Pastor Mark, bought him an exercise bike because I thought, well, the reason he doesn't do cardio is because he didn't have an exercise bike. Sometimes as parents, that's what we can think about our children. Well, I'll do this, and if I do this, then this will happen. No. So, my dad never used it. Not once. Not one time. And when he died, it was in his garage full of cobwebs. And I'm not saying that to be disparaging about my dad. Here's what I'm telling you. If you were to ask my dad, as he was breathing his last breath, which I was with him when he was, do you want to get well? He would have said, well, of course. Then my second question would have been, what have you done about it? So I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm saying. Everybody here would say, I want to be well. I want to be healthy. I want to be financially successful. By the way, I'm going to say this in advance. Don't raise your hand on this. But is there anybody here that does not want to be successful? So please don't raise your hand because that would mean that you're in the wrong place. There's not one person that doesn't want to have some type of success or wins or achievements or however you measure that, okay? So Jesus says, do you want to get well? What was the man's response? Well, there's, he didn't say yes. He said, there's nobody to get me to the water. And every time I try to get there, somebody beats me to the water. 
And there's no sense in me to continue to believe because it's only the first person. Who, who, who came up with that? Was that in the Bible? According to your faith, finish it. According to your faith, so be it. According to your faith, according to your faith. So first person in when the water got healed. Do you want to get well? Well, there's nobody. I didn't ask you that question. Do you want to get well? If you do, rise up and take up your bed and walk. And something amazing happened. Nobody threw him into the water. He wasn't first, he wasn't second, he wasn't third. It transcended what everybody else believed and he just believed Jesus and he stood up and he took up his bed and walked. So be a believer. What am I saying? Listen very carefully now. And I don't have much time, but I'm going to touch on something real deep. So get ready to go deep with me. Usually I reserve this for mastermind people. What you want, listen, will determine what you believe. You see, most people, they don't even know where their beliefs come from. Let me tell you where your beliefs come from. Your beliefs come from what you want. Let me explain it. What you want will determine what you believe and what you believe will determine how you act and the actions that you take and how you act and the actions that you take will determine what you will achieve in your lifetime. So what you want is the most important thing. Do you want a good marriage? Those of you that are married, do you want a good marriage? Yes, I want him to act right. No, do you want a good marriage? Yeah, I wish that they would stop doing this. Do you want a good marriage? Yes, I want a good marriage. Then watch this. Then you can believe you can have a good marriage. You see, everybody theoretically thinks they want a good marriage, but the truth is what they want is not a good marriage. What they want is their way. That was a mic drop, so I didn't break it. Oh, yeah, I want a good marriage. No, 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 you want your own way. Therefore, there is the problem. Because you're wanting your own way, therefore, it's shaping what you believe about your marriage. He's not or she's not meeting your needs. And then it's determining how you're acting and the actions that you're taking. And by the way, that's determining whether you're achieving what you do want or not. So that's all I have time for. But I hope you get this. I'm going to tell you one more thing about being a believer. The deeper you want, the stronger your belief. I have wanted to be rich financially since I was a child. The most my father ever made in a month was $994. And I grew up hearing, with all due respect, I can't afford that. I said, I will never say that. I will never say, and my kids have never heard me say, we can't afford that. They may have heard me say, we're not going to buy that. (laughs) But it's never been because we couldn't afford it. So I'm just giving you one of my wants. One of my wants is I wanted to be financially successful. So when we were 23 and I sat down with Sheila And I said, listen, I've got this plan because of what I want. And I need us to be in agreement with it, if you'll agree with it. 
I said, we're never going to live on more than 70% of our income. I was making $16,800 a year. You can do the math. I said, we're going to always give God 10%. We're going to seek to give God at least 10% or more. And that's why we have an over and above weekend like this weekend, because I want to give you the opportunity to experience the same kind of blessings and open heaven I've had over my life and to give over and above because we've lived like this our whole relationship. And then I said, and the last thing is we're going to put 10% back financially that we never touch. And that's how I became a millionaire before I started this church. Because all the streams of income, it was split up like this, 70, 10, 10, 10. And it was a secret. But watch this. It was based on what I wanted. And what I wanted is I wanted to have money and I wanted to have a lot of it. And you know why I wanted that? Because I wanted to be somebody that God could trust to advance his kingdom in the earth. And I wanted God to use me that way. So even though I'm a pastor, I didn't become a pastor until I was 40. I was a businessman. Even though I was in ministry and I did all kinds of other stuff. And now I train business people and I coach business people. And why do I do that? Because it's all about the thought processes. It's all about bringing people back to what you want. Like, what is it that you want? What you want is so important because it will drive what you believe. What you believe will drive the actions that you take and how you act. I can't just act any way I'd like to because of what I want. And the actions that I take and how I act based on my belief, based on what I want, determines what I achieve in my life. So again, I know I went a little deep, but I just want to encourage you, clarify your want. What is it that you want? Not even why that you want it, just what is it that you want? Because what you want is going to shape what you believe. Some people's beliefs are so shallow. Let me tell you what I respect about the Muslims. They believe better than Christians. For the most part, they do. I've been to Dubai. I've been across the world. I've seen the Bank of Islam. There's no Bank of Christian in America. Because there's not enough Christians that would buy into doing it God's way. The Bank of Islam in Dubai is people that agree to do their businesses Allah's way. If you're, a, if you're a Muslim, you pray five times a day. In other words, based on what they want, it's determining what they believe, it determines how they act, it determines what they do, and it determines what they achieve. And they're some of the richest people in the world. Be a believer. Decide what it is that you want. And you'll find out something. You'll become somebody that has deep beliefs. And when you have deep beliefs, let me, let me say it to you like this. The deeper you want, the stronger your belief, the stronger you believe, the greater you'll achieve. Somebody put an amen on that. And then I'm going to close with this. If you'll think possibility, if you'll be a believer, you will do the impossible. I said you'll do the impossible. So here's a guy. Listen, here's a guy. For 38 years, y'all, he was paralyzed. Jesus shows up and says, do you want to be well? Duh. But I got to get into the water. You see, a lot of times, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fit our theology and our doctrine into what we believe 
And I've always asked people, when you come to our church, I don't know about other churches, but when you come to our church, check your beliefs at the door and believe God to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life. I know it's hard for some people because they don't even realize how ingrained that their beliefs are. But God wants to take you where you've never been. And you can't keep being the way you've always been and God take you to where you've never been. You can't keep believing the way you've always believed and believe that you could do the impossible. So if I can think possibility, if I can truly be a believer and clarify my want and begin to shape my beliefs, I don't even have time to talk to y'all about limiting beliefs. But all of us have limiting beliefs. Why? It's based on our wants and based on the unmet needs that we have, that we want, that's not happening, and so it limits what we believe. <sighs> okay. Last thing, do the impossible. So, well, do you want to get well? Well, nobody take me to the water, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus says, rise up, take up your bed and walk. He didn't say, what do you mean? He didn't say, do I have to go into the water? He didn't, he just, when Jesus said it, he rose up and took up his bed and walked. He did the impossible. Some of y'all need to get up in what you've been in and take up what you've been laying on and say it's a new day in the name of Jesus. I was in the 11th grade, I was 17 years old and I was sitting in a church service like this. And buddy, you'll remember the pastor in New Orleans, if I mentioned his name, since he's gone to be with the Lord. They had five services on Sunday, over 10,000 people. And of course, we didn't even know, you know, we're just high school kids and we were driving 30 minutes from Slidell, uh, Louisiana to New Orleans to go to church, just Sheila and I, we were in high school because I was hungry for the things of God. And I remember sitting in that service and the pastor's preaching and all of a sudden he stops and he says, somebody has a broken left big toe. There's nobody in that place that knew that I had a broken left big toe. I'd broken my, let me just say, I wear a size 14 shoe for, for some shoes, it's a 15. And if you cut off my big toe, I would probably wear about a 10. <laughs> I don't claim to have pretty feet, but I have big feet and I've got a big toe. And I broke my left big toe in a tournament on the weekend and I hobbled to church. How many of you have ever broken a toe? How have you broken your big toe? That's a whole different game. The Houston Astros had a trainer that had been released that was now the trainer of our school. He was in between professional jobs. He confirmed not only that my toe was broken, but that maybe my foot was broken. And I remember hobbling into church that day. I'm sitting there. The pastor's preaching, 2,000 people in that service. He stops and says, somebody has a broken left big toe. I'm sitting there, and I had relief, like I was sitting, so it wasn't like my toe wasn't throbbing or anything like that. And Sheila kind of, you know, here we are at high school, and high school, she, she goes, I think that's you. <laughs> and about the time that came out of her mouth, she can tell you, she will remember, 
He pointed right back to me and he said, it's you, young man. You have a broken left big toe. Get up and walk out to the aisle and God's going to heal you. Here's what I didn't do. I don't know. Because I, 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 this is how some of us do with the word of God. Mm, I don't know. Is that really the Lord? Don't I have to get into the water? There's nobody to take me to the water. Young man, that's you. Get up and go out into the aisle. Here's what I didn't do. Well, you know, God can do it right here. That's kind of embarrassing. I was in high school being pointed out in front of 2,000 people. Now, when he said, it's you, I stood up and I said, oh, yeah, it's me. I walked out to the aisle, and all I can tell you is nobody blew on me, nobody laid hands on me, nobody prayed for me. I woke up. It was the minute I stepped out, I went out. I woke up, I'm laying on the floor. I could hear singing, all kind of stuff. I thought, have I gone to heaven? <laughs> What's happened here? This is strange. And I stood up and it was like, I've never been drunk, but I stood up and it was like, whoa, man. Whew. And all of a sudden I remembered my toe was broken and it's not hurting anymore. I went back on Monday to practice. My coach was a man by the name of C.A. Core. If you ever, I don't even know if he's on Google. I've never actually Googled him, but he was an ABA star. He was a center in the ABA and he was my high school coach and he was a Catholic. And I went back on Monday. I said, hey, coach, watch this. And I jumped up and grabbed the ball and I dunked it. And he went, you broke your toe. And then the trainer from the Houston Astros said, no, he didn't just break his toe. I think his whole foot might have been broken. I said, but guess what? I went to church, y'all. I went to church. And I got in church. When I got in the presence of God, he, 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 healed, he healed my body. He healed my body. That day, I shared the gospel with my coach who got saved and my team, many of them giving their lives to Christ because I got a big toe healing. Now, listen very carefully. I'm about to dismiss you, but listen very carefully. The purpose for God healing my toe was not so I could go on and get a college scholarship. The purpose God healed my toe was to bring glory to himself. And in the sphere I was in, my coach got saved. And one year later, he would die of a heart attack. God knew that. And so he used a 17-year-old kid who got a miracle to proclaim the name of Jesus and say, Jesus did this. This is why I can do what I do now. So I'm here to tell you that the purpose for a miracle is not just so whatever can be fixed in you but God's gonna bring glory to himself through you, so why wouldn't he do miracles for you? I said, why wouldn't he do miracles for you? So you can do the impossible. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you wanna to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.